to Holistically You podcast. My name is Sam and I am your host. This is a holistic destination for athletes, foodies, and health seekers just like you who want to live a more wholesome life. My mission is to create conversations that will help you boost your performance, life, and overall health through food, natural remedies, and mindset changes. So follow along with me to change your health for the better and become a happier, wholer you. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode. This is going to be episode three, part one, because I got a lot of information coming your way and I'm super excited to get into it. So what are we going to talk about? We're going to go back to the basics this week and we're going to talk about sleep. And I love this because it's something we all can relate to. You know, it's something we all do. And we don't all follow the same diets, we don't have the same activity level, but we do all sleep. So I think this is something to be implemented before dietary change even, because, you know, sleep is one of the preconditions to optimal health. And without it, a lot of areas in our life tend to suffer. And so let's get into kind of what we're going to talk about over the course of these two episodes. Today, we're just going to get into um, the first part of the topic. And overall, we're going to talk about what affects your sleep, the role of stress in sleep, a sleep diet. So the key things you should be doing on a daily basis to get the best possible night of sleep, your chronotype. So what kind of sleeper are you? There's four types and we'll get into kind of each one in this episode. Your circadian rhythm, so what is it and how is it regulated? The parts of the brain involved in sleep and what their role is, as well as drugs. So do we need them? Do they help? Kind of looking into that. And then also the nutrition part, so the foods that are going to boost sleep and when we should have them and what we should have and kind of the details about those. So today is going to be part one and it's all going to be about what affects your sleep. So what are the factors that go into a good night of sleep and you know if something's off what is it? What makes it not as high quality as we would like? So first off before anything else let's find your chronotype. So what that is is a concept created by Dr. M- Dr. Michael Bruce, who is known as the sleep doctor. So he's huge in the world of holistic wellness and um, just overall health and how you can optimize your sleep. And a lot of the research that I got came from him. He's a lot of great tips, um, but he does have this chronotype quiz and I linked it in the show notes. So it should be there for you guys to take. It only takes a few seconds and it shows you one of the four types that you are. And this is the type of sleeper you are, and it also kind of translates into who you are in everyday life as well. So there's four types. There's a lion, a bear, a wolf, and a dolphin. Now, lions are early to bed, early to rise. These people are more type of leaders in society. Um, They like to get things done right away, and that is kind of the traits of the lions. Now, bears they're kind of in the middle. They have a balance, so not too particular about going to bed too early, um, but they don't stay up by any means really late in the night. So they're kind of in the middle there, but these are the people that are typically the glue of society, right? They're social. Um, These are the people that are kind of more lenient, not as strict early bedtime, 
um, and early to rise. But then we go into the wolves, which are the night owls. So these are the creatives, more introver introverted by nature. And it is funny because I look at this and I, and I can definitely see that. Um, at this school that I go to, we have a school called DAP and it's a part of the college. And it stands for Design, Architecture and Planning School. And it's all the art students, right? They're so creative, but something about each one that I know, um, for every friend that I have that is in the DAP school, they're all night owls. She like they stay up in the late hours of the night working on projects. They'll sleep in really late, but it is funny because I can definitely see those personality traits bleed into that. Um, and then there's the dolphin. So important thing to note about dolphins in general is while they're sleeping, half their brain is asleep, and half of it is functioning to look for predators so they're kind of on edge they don't have the best quality sleep um, but what's interesting about the dolphins is they'll carry most traits of the lion these type of sleepers kind of bleed into the lion category um, they're mostly type a ocd traits but they tend to ruminate so i I ended up being a dolphin. I'm not that surprised. I was kind of like, well, I thought I go to bed pretty early and I'm up pretty early. So I do have some traits of the lion, but I definitely am worried when I'm sleeping. I'm worried about the next day and I'm worried about what happened the day before. And I think my mind is kind of on this half and half. I get pretty good deep sleep, but I am light. If I look at um, my sleep the next morning on my tracker, it's very restless, uh, shall I say. So, I mean, that totally makes sense. So this one's kind of like that can't be categorized um, in between kind of stage. So there's four types and it kind of helps you know what type of sleep you are. And the important thing that Dr. Bruce says is you do not need to fundamentally change who you are in order to fit this quote unquote perfect bedtime window. So we hear all the time, you should be going to bed early, you should be rising early, but if it doesn't fit your personality, it doesn't fit your lifestyle, by all means, don't go out of your way to change it because you could be kind of affecting your natural circadian rhythm and that's kind of the sleep rhythm that is best optimal for you. So if you are, and if you end up being a wolf and you go to bed pretty late and you get up really early, stick to that be consistent our bodies love consistency and that's what i'm learning when i'm doing all this research about sleep we ha we should be consistent um and let's get into the the factors that kind of drive that consistency that will help with that consistency and help us get a really great quality night of sleep so we'll start out with um, your environment and this is key in making a good quality night of sleep the optimal environment, they say, is cold, it's dark, you should be dressing light in a cool room, and what this essentially is going to do for you is it's going to lower your core body temperature. And why that's so important is your body's not going to be working as hard to try to raise that te core temperature to break a sweat and to bring your body back to homeostasis. 
So if you're already in a cool state, if you're dressing in light clothes, you don't have too thick of a comforter on, you know, you have a fan in your room or you keep the, the temperature between like 68 and 72 degrees, it's really ideal for getting a good quality sleep because your stress hormones are going to be lowered. You're not going to be as working up a sweat as much. Um, it's really ideal. And I do understand and empathize that not everyone's environment can be perfect. I mean, I live right next to a fire station. So, and I live right next to um, a liquor store actually. So every morning at 4am, I hear the truck unloading all the, the drinks and everything. So it's sometimes not ideal. But if we do the best we can, we're already in a better place, right? So if we if we dress really light, if we put our thermometer in the setting at the optimal temperature, we're setting ourselves up for success. Sometimes you don't get success, but if you set yourself up, you're already one step ahead of the game. So environment is really important, but what goes into, we can kind of beyond our environment do some things every day in our daily life during the daytime that set us up for being in a state of ready, like being ready to sleep. So if we're a little bit tired and that can be from our activity level. So I actually found, and funny enough, um, so I have said before in my previous episodes, I'm going through an injury right now and I'm not running as much. I'm starting to right now, but my sleep is literally so much better when I'm full on running because this is my body's used to. I mean, I'm a runner. I, when I run, I get that nice exhaustion feeling that I need. And by the time I'm ready to go to bed, I'm ready. And when I first started out like cross training, so I was biking and swimming and, and all that jazz. And what really wasn't getting my heart rate up in the beginning, I didn't know how to do it so efficiently. And I would go to bed and I'd be like, all right, now what? <laughs> like, now what? Like, what can I do? You know, I was still in this awake state because our bo- our brains love the balance of work and rest. So when we exercise, in, like, without exercise, our brains are suffering, really, because what exercise is going to do is it's going to get the heart rate up, it's going to lead to more blood flow to the brain, and you're really going to get in this nice oxygen like oxygen um, level to the brain so that it can really thrive. And it's actually recommended, the baseline recommendation for exercise is 150 minutes, 150 minutes per week of aerobic exercise. Now, you can take this up a notch and throw in some resistance training, some HIT, so high-intensity interval training, which is really going to get the heart rate up and get that blood for the brain blood flow to the brain that you ultimately need and it's going to bring this balance to the brain in order to rest so if you worked really hard during the day what are you going to want to do at night you're going to want to go to bed and I have definitely seen that I've had to add some more minutes to my cross training plan do a couple double sessions through the week go a little harder and when it comes to laying down on my pillow at night I'm ready to go and so activity I mean it's so important in in being able to fall asleep. So what goes along with activity is nutrition. So when you are acti- are a lot more active, you're going to want to eat the right stuff in order to replenish, but also set yourself up for a good restorative night of sleep. So your brain thrives off nutrients, right? So if we get the blood, re- the blood flow to the brain through exercise, we need to get the nutrients that it needs. 
And now this is this is really interesting to me because there's a lot of things in everyday America that are essentially advertised as mimicking that sleep or helping sleep, boosting that sleep, right? So we have caffeine, we have melatonin. And kind of breaking these things down, I want to find a really easy natural way to kind of boost our sleep without relying on these things too heavily. So you need the right nutrients. Magnesium is going to be great for sleep. It's a great alternative. Six to eight out of 10 Americans are actually deficient in magnesium. Um, And it's an anti-stress buffer. And, you know, it's very obvious. There's a lot of stress in this country right now, a lot of stress going on in the world. So it's no wonder we're deficient in it. But the other thing that plays a role into that is the standard American diet is very heavily filled with processed food. And we just don't get magnesium from processed food. Sure, it can be added in. We're not going to be able to absorb it as, be- as as well as we could if we got it from natural sources. So what are some natural sources, right? We can look at beans. We can look at cacao, which is a natural form of chocolate. It's the unprocessed, original form of chocolate. Um, what else? Pumpkin seeds. Dark leafy greens like Swiss chard. Um things like that that really play a role in in not only boosting our nutrient profile but they're going to have a role in healthy fats like almonds avocado which by the way the healthy fats are going to help you absorb the magnesium as it is but just the great thing to know about magnesium is that it's responsible for over 300 enzymatic processes in the the body and it competes with calcium to reduce the irritability in our cells, so reduces that inflammation. So I would take it away from a calcium source to kind of maximize that absorption. Um, but these adequate levels, they ultimately shift that body out of the sympathetic fight or flight, go, go, go mode, and they turn on the parasympathetic, the rest and digest, the calming state in our bodies that's going to ultimately help us sleep better. So magnesium is a really good option if you want to essentially take it before bed, eat a healthy snack before, that's going to be a nice source. Um, And the heart loves magnesium as well. I mean, heart disease is on the rise in the country. Correlation between our lack of magnesium, I see one right away. So it's going to be really important. And uh, shifting away kind of from the melatonin, Let's learn a little something about melatonin for a second, because it's so popular, we think, we know it has to do with sleep, but what exactly does it do? And looking into it, it's not just a sleep hormone, and yes, it is a hormone, it's not a vitamin. Melatonin is a hormone, not a vitamin, but is a regulator, it's a regulatory hormone, not a stimulating one. So what does it kind of mean? It means it's not just a sleep hormone, it's a get good sleep hormone. And it doesn't essentially make you go to sleep. It affects the rhythm of your sleep, not the drive. And it takes about 90 minutes to be effective. So if you take it right before you go to bed, I mean, it's not going to just help you fall asleep. What it's going to do is once you fall asleep, it's going to help that rhythm. So 
using it to help yourself fall asleep. It's not actually doing what you think it's going to do. And this was crazy to me. Um, but looking into how it is advertised in America and how we think we take it, it's not regulated. And each one that's on this over-the-counter is of varying quality. The correct dosage for melatonin to actually ultimately be effective is actually half to one milligram. And it blows my mind because I'm researching and I'm looking at all the over-the-counter magnesiums that are that are uh, the most popular, the most, you know, well-rated, and the average doses is dosage is 10 milligrams. We are over-supplementing with melatonin in this country. In Europe, actually, you have to get it prescribed. It's not even over-the-counter, which blows my mind. But looking into it, it can, um, the more you take it, the more you rely on it, the less your body produces it naturally. So, and it can even be a contraceptive. So it's not great for children, not good for women. Um, if you take it too regularly, it does have benefits for the population over 60, because like I said, as you go get older, your body stops producing as much. So when you get to that age in the older population, your body's not going to have as much stores in there and it can be beneficial to supplement. Um, it can also be good. There's studies for autism and those who are blind and shift workers. God freaking bless you if you're a shift worker. If you are that nurse or that doctor or that, you know, working on another job that's through the night because ultimately our bodies were not really meant to do that. You know, we were meant to wake up with the sun and go to bed with the sun. And if you are sacrificing your time and everything like that to work through the night, then, you know, God bless you. But um, it has been known to help regulate it during the day because it's bright outside and it is hard to fall asleep in the light. So that is kind of what we can do for nutrition. Um, we'll get into caffeine and the, the specifics behind that in the second episode. But moving on to another factor that ultimately affects your sleep is the quality of products. So I kind of mentioned how melatonin is not really regulated, but there's a lot of things in America that are not really regulated. And it is crazy. A lot of supplements are not. Um, you know, a lot of products, a lot of skincare products and household cleaning products, not essentially regulated as strict as maybe we would like because these affect your skin. They affect your hair, your gut, your diet, your stress levels. And what has to do with a good quality night of sleep? Stress. Stress plays a huge, huge factor and factors in inflammation and hormones and these things affect weight loss and feeling your healthiest self. So when you're trying to change your body and you're doing all the right things with nutrition exercise, maybe look at what are the quality of the products that you're using around your house, that you're using around your body, that you're putting into your body, that you're putting on your skin, because these can ultimately create inflammation in the body. If there's chemicals that we're not used to, we're not supposed to process, and all that inflammation can carry through in the middle of the night. And that is something I think we really, really, really overlook in this country. Because why is sleep so important? It is essentially the most efficient way to digest inflammatory chemicals. 
So those fight or flight chemicals in the body, that overreactive responsibility mindset, if that's really go, go, go in the middle of the night, that fight or flight, our sleep is not going to be able to digest the inflammatory chemicals and ultimately will lead to that chronic inflammation. There's something called cytokines, and we're going to get a little bit sciencey here, so bear with me, but we'll, we'll, we'll stick to the basics. Cytokines are inflammatory chemicals in the body. And what's interesting about them that you'll be able to recognize is they're the targets for ibuprofen, Advil, you know, over-the-counter NSAIDs. Those are the targets. That is what is being targeted because they're ultimately inflammation. So there was a doctor, I was reading her stuff, Dr. Northrup. She's a OBGYN, really known in the holistic wellness space. She used the example of stress and cellular inflammation with an apple. So an apple, you can take a bite of it, you set it on the counter for a few hours, what does it do? It turns brown. That is a result of oxidative stress. Those are the cytokines role. Sleep digests these. So without sleep, we are having all these cytokines, super high active, a lot of oxidative stress in the body. And what what ultimately happens to our body? We're not that picture perfect apple that we want to be. We're not that picture-perfect sight of health, feeling our best, deflamed, you know. We're not as efficient as we could be. So sleep digests these. And when we get adequate sleep, we reduce the chance of inflammation. So when we improve our sleep quality, we're improving our stress. And stress can be emotional. It can be spiritual. It can be nutrition, exercise, physical, relationships. It can be the chemicals that we're putting in our body. There's so many factors and it's crazy to me. I'm looking into it. It's crazy and how much it affects. So these are kind of the key things that really affect. And, and we can track our sleep and see how we're doing. See, we can kind of pay attention to what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. See kind of how we're feeling when we're ultimately going to bed. See what happened in our day and wake up the next morning and see how we slept. You can do this with an app. You, I know Apple has a little, I mean, it's not as accurate, just kind of goes off bedtime of your phone, but I do have an Aura wrap, it's, or app, it's a O-U-R-A, it's the Aura ring app, and I wear this ring, and I go to bed, and I wake up in the next morning, and it tracks, it's really, really accurate, it tracks my deep sleep, my light sleep, my REM sleep, everything like that, and I get to see when I'm most efficient, how I slept the, ne- the, the night before, what affected that. And it will tell me, are you a little stressed? Your heart rate is a little elevated, stuff like that's really cool. I know Garmin and Apple Watch, they, they all probably have these sleep trackers. But I, I did see that I get most of my deep sleep from 10 a.m. to 2 a.m., which is why I opt for an early bedtime. We'll get into the specifics of deep sleep, REM sleep, all the sleep cycles in the next one because it's very hefty with information and I don't want to overload too much. I really want to just focus on the factors that affect sleep right now. Um, But it's really interesting to track my sleep and kind of know when is my optimal bedtime window and that goes right along with the chronotype. It goes right along with how I thrive and it's really, I mean, I can really see that that early bedtime window and when I wake up a little bit earlier... I'm more efficient. So it's really cool to pay attention to how you're feeling because how do we get to the root? 
we have to ask ourselves these questions. We have to ask ourselves how we're thriving, how we can thrive a little bit better, what is going into why we're not thriving, all that stuff. And at the end of the day, we have to be a little, you know, give ourselves some grace. We have to remember that it's all about balance. And I love that we're a wrap because our app because it keeps telling me about my overall sleep balance for the week. So over the course of seven days, how is it averaging out? Because it's not a one night fix. Um, You know, you can't just go to bed really well one night and just be good for the week. You have to do it, have to keep a consistent basis over the course of the week that can average uh, average out. So it's not just ruined in one night. Be patient with yourselves and you know, one really important thing to know is natural remedies are never quick fixes. I, you know, run into that problem sometimes. I'm like, well, I'm doing it the natural way. I'm going about it in a different way, in a way that I think is better. Why is it not? Why am I not seeing results? The thing about getting to the root and getting to that core problem with why you're not sleeping, why you're not functioning, why you're not thriving, takes a while to get to. Because We can pull up little weeds in the garden, right? We can pull them out and yeah, you don't see them. You have a party that weekend or something. You want to make your house look really nice. You pull up all the weeds, but you don't really get to them. The guests don't see them when they come up to your door because you you pulled them. But what they do is they grow back even faster. And I like to look at it as I want to dive deep, take them long amount of time and really get to the root of those weeds, yank them out, and boom, it takes so much longer to get back to that unhealthy state, right? You, you've you cleared the way for your body to thrive. And I love thinking of natural health like that. Um, so remember, it's it's a process. These are kind of the, the things that affect it. And I hope you kind of take these into account and then we'll get into our sleep diet tomorrow when I release the next episode so be sure if you're listening to this you know on a different day than Thursday or Friday be sure to check out my next one because that should be coming out and we'll get into kind of what we can do the prescription of how we can really get optimal health so thank you so much for listening thank you for bearing with me for part one I'm really excited to dive deep in this topic And I really hope you have a great day, great week. And I really thank you for listening. Share this with a friend. uh, Tweet. Tweet it out. Tag me on Instagram. uh, Screenshot it and post it to your stories and I'll repost it. And go ahead and leave a comment on one of my last pictures or shoot me a DM. We'll kind of talk about this. Talk about what goes into it. And um, let me know if you learned anything new. So have a great week, guys. I'll talk to you in the next one, which should be soon. And thanks for being here. Have a good one.